As the 21st century automotive world evolves and new electric vehicle technologies are introduced, new leaders will emerge on the landscape. The EV Power Podcast by RPM News takes you behind the headlines as your guide to this new generation of sustainable transportation. Hey everybody, welcome to the EV Power Podcast brought to you by RPM News Weekly. My name's Peter Siani. With me as always is RPM co-founder Rich Tabor. Hello everybody. Hey Rich, what's going on? Anything good? Lots uh, of good things. Yeah, lots of news in the old EV world. I mean, the, the big news, of course, in the EV world is the F-150 Lightning introduction. Uh, really? If you missed if you, if, you, if you missed it, you can just a side note here. You can watch it on uh, rpmnewsweekly.com still. Uh, the, the post is up. But um, yeah, so I guess we'll get into the Lightning. And, and it's sort of a big bet for Ford. Uh, it, I mean, it is a big bet for Ford, really. They're putting that F-150 name on the line. Uh, for this and they are going big so we'll get into their plans and they had a what do they call it the uh, it wasn't investor day it was like a uh, capital markets day capital markets day what a weird what a weird thing capital markets day you know right, right. just call it investor day well, um, it, clearly, yeah, so, it clearly was not intended for the general public although the general public could of course find the information uh, definitely aiming at investors yeah, in Ford's plans, you know, going up to, you know, twenty thirty, and and of course we we as you mentioned, Rich, when we were talking about it before we went on air, you know, everybody has the grand plans, um, but I think Ford's is uh, is a little more realistic. I I think that it's it's pretty down to earth. You know, they're not promising the moon. So to right, speak. that's true. I mean, they use those forward thinking terms like expects. You know, like for example, in the press release, they have a, uh, that Ford expects 40% global vehicle volume to be all electric by 2030. You know, that's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, and it's certainly, you know, they're serious about it, especially if we look at not only the Ford F-150 Lightning, but of course the uh, Mustang Mach-E and, uh, and what they're also doing with the commercial uh, vehicles, other commercial vehicles in, in addition to the truck. You know, and to me, 2030, 40% by 2030 is reasonable. You know, you're growing every time you hear these, these, we've been hearing it from Volkswagen and GM and, you know, all all the usual suspects, you know, for years. It's like, we're going to do 80% EV by 2035 and 100% by 2050. And it's like, they're not over promising. It's a realistic goal. I could see them doing this. Um, of course, it's all dependent on battery production, which is something that they kind of touched on, but they're still not really... Uh, giving you any real details about it other than we're going to we're going to do these batteries this way in that way you know not as far as marketing uh not marketing as far as production partners or you know how they plan on getting a lot of batteries because as tesla found out you know it's making cars is the easy part it's powering them is the hard part you know well you know ford is a, a little bit uh of it looks like a, a bit of a sleeper in the sense that uh, obviously tesla has been out there and uh, you know, they sort of defined uh, the parameters of, of, of vehicle electrification. A lot of other companies have kind of picked up the ball and they've, they've been putting things out here and there. And, and of course, you know, there's been this sense that, you know, Tesla is top dog, which they were. I mean, rightly so. But, you know, markets change. And, and, uh, and besides the idea of catching up is this very simply is, is that companies like Ford have tons of capital. 
you know, they they didn't even have to go for you know government assistance when you know the market fell out, and uh, you know they had enough cash on hand to, to to use their own capital. So you know, here's a company that is has been around. They've seen a lot of ups and downs in the market, and uh, you know they've got uh, capital, which is crucial and is going to help define what happens in the next 30, 40 years in vehicle electrification, which is. I don't want to say a done deal yet, but it's becoming pretty clear to everybody that that's the direction that automobiles are going to be going in. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Tesla, of course, you know, they are the top dog as far as sales. I mean, even with the Mach-E out and, and the F-150 coming out, you know, Tesla is still like the, the dominant uh, EV sales leader. And, you know, a lot of that is is they they like I said, you know, they put a lot of focus on batteries and they, of course, they put a lot of focus on charging stations. But you're right. You know, there is a wall that Tesla's going to hit, and it's the, it's sort of their own doing. And there's a couple of reasons. Uh, one is, is I think that's going to drive a lot of people away from Tesla or move them out of Tesla is, is obviously build quality. I, I, it's inexcusable at this point that Tesla hasn't, you know, managed to get a consistent build quality out of say the Model Three or even the Model S, which is a you know, although that was a lot better than like the Model Three and the Model Y. You know, the Model Y just debuted last last year, and we're already seeing a lot of. I mean, right off the bat, we're seeing cases where windows were flying off, and you know, the, Yikes. the, the panel panel gaps are terrible. And it's like you are the EV sales leader, but you're not going to keep customers if you can't produce a car that has the quality of a thirteen thousand dollar Mitsubishi Mirage. <laughs> you know, uh, I drove the Hyundai Venue last week. That was an, an eighteen thousand dollar car, and it was. The fit and finish was absolutely perfect. I mean, yeah, it's a lower quality interior, but it was the fit and finish was right, you know, spot on. Tesla needs to learn that, and also their their customer service is is another thing that's going to drive people off. That's why people stay with Lexus. You know, people love the Lexus customer service. It's a premium brand, but they're still doing okay. You know, even the even in bad times, because you know they have loyal uh, customers. And then the other thing I think that's going to hurt tesla in the long run especially versus a ford is they don't have a conventional suv and and, you know they don't do conventional anyway and i guess that's you know that's their niche and if they want to kind of stay at that level that's fine but you know you're seeing it in the marquee the marquee and when you see a an all-electric explorer which i'm sure will be you know on the heels of the marquee somewhere you know you're going to go a little bigger that'll i don't know if it's actually going to be called the explorer but you know they'd be I imagine they will, and and you're going to even see, you know, now when you have the F-150 out and coming soon, it's not a far leap for them to do an expedition. You know, it's built on the same chassis as the F-150 anyway, so engineering-wise, it, it's sort of a no-brainer for Ford. You know, but it it is going to be a big, heavy vehicle, and it's going to go up against the likes of the Rivian SUV or or you know if GM kind of moves towards right, a suburban right, SUV. Right. I mean, the other, it, um, you know, not to dwell on Tesla too long, but I think the other thing is, uh, you know, Elon Musk is, is he shifting from, you know, leader to liability? I think that it's starting to hit down that slope a little bit where, you know, the brand doesn't need him as much as they used to. Yeah. You, well, you, one of the things is that, you know, you could say that with the coming release of the F-150, that the honeymoon is over for, for Tesla, because here you have the car that is the best selling truck for the last 44 years. Uh, you know, and and in, in fact, I would imagine that even if you look at just 
all types of vehicles, uh, you know, whether it's SUVs or sedans or coupes or, uh, you know, any of the exotic cars. The, the F-150 is right up there at the top and consistently has been at the top of sales. So two things You're are right. there. Yeah. One, of, one of them is, is that uh, that's something to really bank on. And the other thing is, is that for Ford is that it's also one of their biggest challenges in, in moving over to electric. You know, will that audience stay with them? I think they've laid the groundwork for an audience that will definitely stay with them because all of the things that you need in an F-150 gas model, you're going to find and more in this Lightning, at least if it comes out anywhere you know, close to even what they've been talking about in their press releases. So the, the, the time will tell, and that's coming up pretty soon because uh, the, the vehicle is due out in early 2022. Have I got that right, Peter? Uh, yeah, I think it comes out as a 2023. No, it is a 2022 model year. Um, I, I, it's got to start coming out soon. I, I, let's see, total. I don't actually. I, I don't remember seeing an exact date. Well, you uh, know, not, I'm, you know, I'm looking for an estimated date here in the press release. I don't remember. Yeah, I know that the the e-transit comes out this year. Right. Um, right. Well, yeah, yeah. Let me do a quick search here. You know, I'll. I'll uh, I'll look for 2022 because I'm sure I saw it in their uh, uh, press release here somewhere. Yeah, well, it's th- like I said, it's definitely a 2022 model. And just to kind of circle back what you said about sales, you know, I mean, you're right. Ford, the F-150 is in the top spot of all vehicles in the U.S. It's not just uh, it's it, not just cars, not just trucks, not you know, it, and and it sort of swaps those spots with the Silverado and also the Ram 1500. You know, they kind of swap around. And then you've got your, you know, Toyota RAV4 is, you know, right there. And then, um, but the thing is, with the F-150, and I think maybe one of the things that keeps it out of other regions is fuel economy. You know, you can't drive an F-150 in, in Europe. It would just eat you up. They, they, they drive Rangers. You know, that's their big truck is the Ford Ranger um, in, in certain markets. So, I mean, maybe that will help them get into other markets or... Um, the other thing is, is compared to like you, you mentioned Tesla again, and if you you know talk about the Cybertruck, you know the Cybertruck's a niche truck. It, it always will be. I'm pretty sure you'll see businesses that will buy them because they're unique. And it, you know if you get a business that you're promoting, say you're a DJ or something, and you want a, a vehicle that attracts attention, you could put your name on it or wrap it weird or you know especially like high tech companies. If if you like have an app company and you want you don't need an F one fifty, but you want something that gets a lot of attention. You, you know the Cybertruck's going to be a rolling billboard. It's going to get looks everywhere it goes, and and you know Rivian has kind of captured the nit the niche market with the their truck. It's it's not really a work truck either, so that wouldn't have really. I don't think that would have posed a a, a giant threat to the F one fifty. You know it's along the same lines of the GMC Hummer. That's never gonna that's never gonna battle with the F one fifty for for fleet sales. I mean, you have your like your Lordstown Motors, but I think Lordstown Motors is probably uh, not going to make it because they're now they're a little too late, and and if they can't match what Ford is offering, you know, for a base price, I I can't see them stealing customers for from Ford, especially if Ford gets out first. Yeah, and and, and this gets back to one of the earlier points here is is that you know Ford just has a ton of capital to be able to do things that. Companies like Rivian are not going to be able to do. In fact, Ford invested in Rivian, and uh, so and that was kind of interesting too because they must have been very deep into the uh, planning for this F one hundred and fifty when they did that deal about a year ago or so with, with Rivian. Uh, 
um, and then sort of backed away from it, but they kept some some of their hands into it. You just kind of wonder, you know, were they just doing, uh, it was just sort of like a, I'll, I'll say a spy mission, you know, like they had the capital to be able to invest, only to be able to make sure that they weren't missing something on their soon-to-be-announced uh, F-150 Lightning, uh, which they would have known about, but the, they weren't telling anybody. Uh, and I'm not saying to, that they were being surreptitious, but they had the capital to be able to do that, to, to, to cover those bases. Uh, it's very important stuff. Uh, but, you know, uh, before we get too far along, maybe we should kind of cover some of the numbers and some of the, the essentials uh, for those listeners that maybe have not been following this uh, uh, in the news or following it with any, you know, uh, close interest. But, uh, you know, there certainly will be an audience that, that Tesla was never going to be able to reach that will be reached by this F-150. And then when you start talking about things like it has 563 horsepower and 775 pound-feet of torque, yeah, I think that's got that, 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 should, that should definitely, you know, raise an eyebrow here and there. Like, whoa, wait a minute. This is not what I was thinking I'd see out of an electric truck first time out for the, for the company. Um, but we saw a little bit of it, you know, with that uh, in the news. I, I, mean, I don't know how anyone would have missed it. Uh, it was just about everywhere where the, the president, uh, Joe Biden, uh, took off in, in, in the F-150. And you could see it was like launching. Uh, and that's all due to, the, you know, that uh, near instantaneous torque. And uh, 750 pound-feet of torque is like, whoa, even for those who people who maybe don't, don't necessarily grasp what that means. Essentially, you can launch a vehicle like with an amazing amount of turning power right off the bat. Right. I mean, even with 300 foot pounds of torque, people are like, oh, it's only 300 foot pounds of torque. But that on the right car, that that can really move a car. You know, it's like uh, but that whole thing with Joe Biden driving driving the F-150, that was sort of an unplanned thing as well. They weren't expecting that. Um, I was kind of reading, you know, some of the behind the scenes of that whole thing. And, and, and it's kind of amazing that the Secret Service even allowed him to do that, to allow Joe Biden to take that car out, because they're, you know, there's there's certain rules about that. You know, I don't I don't think the president's allowed to drive a car at all while they're in office. How could any normal person resist? <laughs> you know, when you when you get set behind the, the, the wheel of a of a new vehicle like that and, uh, yeah. and you de- and you decide to accelerate and you just realize how quick it is. Uh, what's the zero to sixty that they're talking about with with the truck? Something under four, around four seconds or under four seconds, I think it was. Uh. You know, you talk about the differences between other trucks, you know, or other electric vehicles in general. Everybody's living and dying by the the zero to sixty time on it on electric cars, and and it's great, and I understand why. You know, Tesla was the first to do it. Again, you know, they had to make that exciting. You know, they had to go look. This is exciting. Try it out, right? And so. You know, but on the F-150, I, I think Ford is taking sort of, you know, kind of s- stepping back from that a little bit. Like, they're not out there saying, you know, this is our high-performance monster. They're out there, you know, saying this is our 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 F-150. It's just electric, you know. It's well, gonna work. They, they are, though, saying that it's quicker than the Raptor. So uh, they are they are at least making that comparison. And, and I just checked. It is uh, in the— uh, mid four second range when it's equipped with the extended range battery. Well, the, yeah, you're right. I mean, they they do obviously they are comparing it to even themselves, but again, they're not leading with that. There's so much more they can lead with. You know, I mean, the, the, just some of some of just some of the technology that's going to be available in this vehicle is is, is phenomenal. It's it's uh, I mean it it 
it, even if it wasn't electric, if they could offer some of what they have available uh, in any kind of a vehicle, it would you know be just wow, oh, that's pretty amazing. That's you know, I mean, we could just, I mean, let's start with something like uh, okay, you've got a truck that can do you know the heavy lifting uh, of of a Ford truck, a two thousand pound payload, and uh, up to ten thousand pounds towing. Okay, that's good. But what what about the payload? Okay, so now you've got an electric vehicle. Well, it will. It's got sensors that will gauge the payload and adjust for you, for the driver what the range of the of the vehicle will be. And I, I'm not sure that I've seen that in any gasoline trucks at this point, where you put a you know where it tells you what your range is, you know, based on how much you've got in the tank. Uh, but, but it does it account for the change in that range based on your payload. And likewise with towing, it's got 10,000 pounds towing, but it's not just that it's got the 10,000 pounds towing. Um, it also offers a, an ability to make adjustments to uh, calculations based on what you're towing. Uh, besides having the, a new ability to uh, help you manage hooking up that, that trailer, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just there's this all this electrification that in technology that has been built in, and also built into an app that they're going to make uh, make available, so that uh, if they make some changes that are beneficial to the truck or something that needs to be kind of corrected in the software, you don't have to bring it into the dealership to get these things done. Uh, they can do it uh, wirelessly uh, over the air uh, by way of the app that they have. Uh, that helps you to control a lot more. Uh, besides that other stuff that uh, they're talking about where uh, you can use the vehicle to, with, it has enough power to be able to power your house for three to 10 days, depending on how much power that you use. But I think they're saying three days based on an average of uh, the average typical home using about 30 kilowatts, um, of 30 kilowatt hours of power, I think, is what they were saying uh, over a period of about th uh, three days. I think they said it's basically you can run your house, you know, don't run air conditioners in every room, but you, yeah, you can run your house for three days with t using your typical power, you know, usage. And, and, you know, it's funny, as you talked about, you know, bringing that to other trucks, but we, we did see a hint of that uh, during the blackouts in Texas. You know, the F-150 hybrid is out, and that has the... the um, what they call it the pro power on board and and we saw that during the during the blackouts in texas there was it, it sort of made national news when a guy was powering his house with his f-150 and mm -hmm. and then ford you know got together with dealers out, out there and they said you know you can provide these things to help power you know locations if needed so they they actually got some of their cars off the lot and were, were powering houses or or powering you know community buildings or you know well the they're teaming up with a, a company called uh, Sunrun uh, to allow you to not only put a, the charging station in your home or your garage uh, that will facilitate managing the power, like if the power goes out and you've got your, your truck hooked up, that it will be able to bring the power from your truck to the house. But also, once the power is restored, or if you happen to have the solar panels installed from this company Sunrun, you can have that all. You can have that all integrated so that uh, you know it'll be continuing to store power in the vehicle while the power is being delivered to your 
to your house. Right, um, and, and Sunrun, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with them, but they, they are a, a, a solar, they do solar panels. Um, you know, they're, they're a pretty big solar panel company. Uh, they also offer, interestingly enough, they also offer, like, they sell the Tesla Powerwalls. Um, so you can get a Sunrun power system with the Tesla Powerwall. But, you know, an interesting thing with, with the F-150, you know. It becomes your Powerwall. Uh, Right, I, that's what I was just gonna say. Like, I would, I, I'm hoping here to get solar with um, at least two power walls, because you know, as I this week alone, I, I had a thunderstorm roll through. I was just telling you about this uh, off air. I had a thunderstorm roll through. It shut my computer off, and my computer hates getting shut off that way, and you know, causes a bunch of hassle. And and so I, I want to get the the solar panels with the with the Tesla power walls. I don't know if I necessarily want to go through Tesla, Tesla solar a company right now. Cause you know, again, you, you read the horror stories about customer service and who wants to deal with that. But, uh, the, um, so th this company, they should, since they're in bed with Ford, they should put together a, a deal that you can get, um, that sort of it worked in, you know, that could be your power wall. Exactly. As you know, you say, uh, it's basically a mobile, a mobile power wall. And that's one of the one of the arguments for electric school buses. You know, you're going to have an electric school bus is basically going to be just a giant version of the F-150, you know, um, lightning. It's going to be a heavy duty frame with a lot of battery. And, you know, if power goes out, you've got six or seven of these school buses sitting around next, to, you know, doing nothing. You can power the school. You could power the town. You could power, you know, if, if there's hospitals or something, that, although they typically have like their own backup systems. Uh, you know, if there's something they need where you want, you need to power the town hall, for example, you'll have all the school buses on hand. That's a selling point for electric school buses. Right. And, you know, they've got the technology uh, built into the truck here uh, to provide 9.6 kilowatts of power. Um, that's a substantial amount of power. I mean, think about it. We're talking about, you know, how much can flow through, down the pike. Uh, how much power and yeah, you've got a 60 watt bulb now we're talking 9.6 kilowatts you know or basically 9,600 watts so that's a lot of 60 watt bulbs you know yeah, 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 yeah. obviously things like your air conditioners and your refrigerators are going to consume a lot more than that but you they're not going to consume you know 9,600 uh, watts of power uh, so you can power a couple of air conditioners, uh, your refrigerator, your lights. And so when they say, you know, that they're going to deliver power to your house in the time of uh, uh, power outages, they're not talking about just a couple of lights. They're talking about actually powering your house for three, day, three days. You know, the refrigerator is the most important thing to me. I, that You know, you go and buy a bunch of stuff and then the power goes out and kills it. every. You know, if this happens once a month or once every couple of months it it, it can be pricey you know it, it, i'm throwing stuff away this week and and you know what more do you need really in, in the in the basic you know when it really comes down to it some lights in the refrigerator you know right that's, and that's what they're saying is is that if you tailor it a bit you can maybe get up to 10 days worth of power out of it so uh yeah, instead of turning all the lights on, you say, yeah, we're going to make sure the refrigerators or the air conditioners are going if it's in the middle of the summer. And, uh, you know, we're just going to use a couple of lights when we need them. Uh, so, yeah, you know, maybe maybe unplug the electric toothbrush for a day or two. 
Well, uh, you can keep that one on. Just unplug the air conditioning. <laughs> oh, actually, what's uh, worse? I don't know. Well, uh, well, all right. So, so we were talking about a few things. One, you know, one of the other things too is is that uh, I'm sure that folks that are very familiar with the F-150, they they want going to want to know a little bit more about the the powertrain. So, uh, besides just the the amount of power that it has, uh, it's a standard four wheel drive vehicle. Uh, it's got dual inboard motors. Uh, you know to uh, you know, to get the vehicle going. But the thing is, is that instead of having a, a big old engine under the hood, uh, they've now freed up that space uh, for storage. And it's lockable storage uh, so that uh, you've got hidden storage now in, in the front of the truck, which they're calling a frunk with an FR instead of a trunk. Well, uh, wait, it, it's the it's the mega power frunk, isn't it? <laughs> I think they, uh, oh, I think, yeah. I forgot uh, the Ford speak, right? <laughs> it's very Ford speak. Yeah, it's it's the first ever mega power frunk. All right, you got to give whoever came up with that, you know, they deserve a laugh on that one. Uh, they, they probably pitched that name thinking it would never get never go through. But it, but it really is that. I mean, it's it's a mega <laughs> it's a mega truck. You know, it, it, you look at the thing and it's absolutely amazing how much space there is and of course there's no engine there's no transmission there's no air conditioning system and that's all underneath you know kind of down low um so so yeah if you if you open the hood of your f-150 took the engine out and put a piece of plywood down that's what you got for, you know that's the space you'd have you know uh, <laughs> so that i mean that's great you don't get that in a pickup truck like there's only like maybe the ridge line right that you get under bed storage with the ridge line and that's lockable but you don't get that level of pickup you know of that level of hidden storage is what's great about it you know mm-hmm. most people the casual walk, person walking by won't even know there's there's a storage there you know they're, they're going to think it's just an f-150 and in addition to that is, is that they've got some power outlets in that front in addition to the ones they have in, in the back of the truck right i think there's 11 11 total i think they said yeah 11 11 outlets total you know what I, I assume they're talking about usb ports and well well, well, you know they delivered that 9.6 kilowatts of power that I was talking about. They split it up uh, so that you get 2.4 kilowatts available through the front, and then there's another 7.2 kilowatts available through outlets that are in the cab and in the bed. So, if you think about it, okay, you're on a work site, you've got to power up some equipment. Well, it's not just going to barely manage to power, you know, one of one of your drills or your saws. Uh, it, you know, you'd be able to get out there and uh, you know. Uh, power several pieces of equipment uh, enough for a real honest to goodness work site um, and uh, in addition to that is, is that you've got this extra spots if you let's say you you're wanting to do some tailgating you know and you want to power up some other equipment and some lights uh, at the campsite yeah. maybe um, you know so you've got a lot of options uh, with that uh, I know for me it would be handy when I'm out uh, 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 mowing the lawn I use a uh, an electric trimmer, uh, but you know some of the outer reaches. I've got an awfully long extension cable running over to my house. You know, I just pu- pull the truck up and, and and plug the thing in, and and take care of the back reaches of uh, of the yard. So it, there's a lot of advantages to what they're doing with this. And and I mean, I I sometimes I sit back and, and I'm a little bit amazed because it, it's as though you you think. Well, how come this hasn't already happened with other vehicles? You know, why is this like, you know, and I think Ford has captured that. They're, they're truly capturing the imagination with what you can do with a vehicle. 
And I think that's that's one of the differences that I noticed when uh, the first time when we saw the, 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 the press conference, you know, that's one of the things I started to notice. I said, is it just me or am I just like, this is like, I mean, this is like Christmas, you know, for the next five years wrapped in one, you know, it's like uh, so many goodies under the tree here. You know, it's like, do we, can we open all these just in, you know, in the 12 days of Christmas, you know, we're going to need a lot more than the 12 days of Christmas. And that's how it, that's how it feels. And I'm not trying to be gushy about it. If you read through some of the stuff, I'm just, I mean, I could go on and on about, you know, some of the extras that they've, that they've got in this truck as far as uh, technology and, and, uh, and, ex- and, and extras for making it a convenience vehicle, you know, a totally convenience vehicle. It's amazing to me also that it's not a sixty thousand dollar. Oh yeah, you know, with all the with all the things you get, how, it, it's still very reasonably priced. But I just want to point out too, there is a two forty volt volt outlet also in the trunk in the, in the bed, and that's got to be a first for an automotive application. Right. Uh, a two forty outlet that, that that that's unheard of. I don't. I mean, cars have had one twenty outlets. I mean, my Jeep has you know one out. I'm not going to power much with it. I could power probably an electric hedge. Uh, clipper if I took it easy but you know it's not meant for work but uh, you're right I mean it's how, how have we not thought of these things before and I'm, uh, you know you need you need 10 alternators in a, in a gas powered car to do this <laughs> so you know even like the ambulances when you see the Ford you know the, the F the, I'm sorry the Ford van converted into ambulances or any ambulances really they have dual alternators and and like dual batteries plus you know to keep all those electronics alive and um so, so yeah, you, you know, th- that's just another example of how electrification can make this sort of thing possible. Right. There's a couple of other mentions I think we need to get to uh, when, while we're on the technology front. There's three trims uh, that, are, that are offered with, with this truck. There's the XLT, Lariat, and Platinum, so is what I'm reading. Uh, th- obviously, this is that they're going to have different price points, and you're going to get more or less, depending on which which way you want to go with it. The the pro is the entry level is the commercial version. So the it actually it's actually pro XLT Lariat and Platinum. Okay, right, right. But when you go into your dealership, you probably unless they're a f- you know full range, doing both commercial and and uh, standard. Right, you'd probably have to be a business or fleet owner to get the pro. The commercial oriented entry model starts at thirty nine nine seventy four, uh, before any tax credits. Which is this is another thing is you get tax credits here. Uh, the mid-series XLT model starts at fifty-two nine seventy-four, but that's also going to make a difference too, if you uh, you know with the the range. The range is uh, what calibrated at I believe two hundred and thirty for the for the entry level model, and uh, if you get the extended range battery, it's targeted at uh, three hundred miles of range, uh, which is plenty of range uh, when you think about it. Even if you're going to go, even if you're going to go on a on a trip somewhere, uh, yeah, that's it's true. Ford does need to kind of they need to tweak their 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 charging network a little bit, uh, but you know you can find a place to charge if you're towing a trailer. That's going to get knocked down considerably, so you're going to need a good charging network to rely on. I just want to kind of circle back to the pro. I think that is where Ford's really going to catch on fire with this as as far as sales go because it's not that much more expensive than a gas-powered f-150 this is where like the brilliance of what ford did with the exterior of the truck i mean there's a lot of stuff inside but the exterior of the truck as i said you know the average joe is going to walk past this and go on oh, an f-150 and keep walking uh, 
that's the brilliance in what they're doing. They're not doing anything radical. They're not doing a, a different size bed. You know, they're not changing the cab. They're not changing anything, really. I mean, like I said, it, it looks just like the regular F-150. But I think the brilliance is if, if you've got a guy or if you've got a company, say you've got a fleet manager within a company, and they've used F-150s for 20 years, you know, 30 years, and say they have a fleet of, I think fleets, they, they revolve their trucks maybe every two or three years, depending on use. It might even be, you know, less time for, for trucks that really get used. But I remember I worked in a fleet, and I think our trucks had about a, a three- to five-year lifespan, and they were very light duty, but they were F-150s. So if you're a fleet manager and you've got a, you've already got 30 F-150s, whether they're gas-powered or hybrids or what have you, you know, this isn't a hard transition for you because you, you can take everything off that F-150. If you've got ladder racks, if you've got toolboxes, if you've got, you know, if it's outfitted a certain way, this truck has a full frame. And, I, and, I, and I'm kind of wondering, you know, getting back to the Rivian thing, I'm kind of wondering if that was some of the, that was some of the, the, the logic in, abandoning Liv Rivian's platform for a standard steel frame. Matter of fact, in the F-150 Lightning, it's actually a, a beefed-up steel frame. I think it takes parts from the F-250 in, in the framework. And um, so so uh, I, I, I'm guessing that sort of interchangeability is why they decided to just stick with converting an F-150. And, and I say converting, I don't mean that sort of to, to sound, you know, to knock it down. Um, but it makes sense. Like I said, if you're a fleet, and, and you buy a lot of these and, and you've got a staff who, you know, a maintenance staff who's used to F-150s and they kind of know them. I mean, yeah, it's going to change because it's EV, but it's still the same truck and it just makes that swap easier. And um, and, and, and I think Rivian is still going on with, with Ford on the Lincoln side of the, you know, I think they're going to work with Lincoln. So I'm, I'm guessing you'll see sort of a an SUV from Lincoln that's built on the Rivian platform, probably along the lines of the, the Rivian mm -hmm. SUV. Well, you know, and getting at that idea of it being, you know, a, a lot in common with the uh, gas model F-150 and what uh, customers have been used to is that the, the, the truck itself, uh, you know, aluminum grade uh, alloy body, uh, you've got uh, a, a strong steel frame, okay, uh, and in fact, they're saying it's an all-new frame, and they use the strongest steel that's ever been put into a F-150 frame. So you have all of those features, of, you know, that you're expecting out of a truck with the reputation of the F-150, and that's pretty outstanding. You know, I did want to mention something too on the technology side. It was it eluded me at the at the moment we were talking about it before, but it's the um, autonomous driving feature. Uh, they've got something that they call um, uh, Blue Cruise, all right, and it's a, it's a driver assist feature, which apparently they they've mapped it out to rec recognize over a hundred thousand uh, miles of highway road, uh, divided highways, uh, where the feature will be usable, and uh, basically you'll be able to drive with your hands off the steering wheel uh, when you're in these hands-free blue zones that they've identified. So uh, that's pretty fascinating. So this is the and uh, just a, a deeper uh, understanding of, of how the technology that they're putting into the truck is technologies that have become available in this digital age. And they're incorporating them all into this singular vehicle that w w has such a 
such a standing in the marketplace. So they really did, you know, they're all in. Uh, this is not, uh, as we've seen uh, at other times, sort of just tiptoeing in the water. They went all, all in with this F-150, no question. We'll talk about safety because that's what you're talking about. Uh, it, this isn't an exclusive thing to, to the, the Lightning in general, but the um, it also includes a pretty fair amount of standard safety equipment. It, you know, and again, we talk about sticker price. It's pretty impressive. You know, it comes with the Ford uh, Copilot 2.0, and that has, you know, uh, automatic emergency braking, uh, collision assist, pedestrian detection, um uh, blind spot monitoring, lane keep assist, and that's all standard. Uh, so it, it comes with a, a real, and that's like even in the pro model. So even the commercial drivers are going to get that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so it comes with a fair amount of safety and, and tech, you know, in general, like, you, you, of course, the information, the infotainment screen, it's got the 12-inch the infotainment screen. That's standard even on the fleet models. And that's going to have a lot of that, that, you know, Ford has a lot of fleet management software. And so, again get back to fleets these guys are going to be able to you know open up an app and go all right this truck is here going this speed this truck is here here this truck needs this you know this truck needs maintenance it's got a you know a, a, an error code and, and one guy is gonna be able to sit in his desk and watch all this and have a fleet of trucks out there and be able to look at any truck in the fleet and, and know what its status is yeah know. there's so much more available you know and speaking of like the 12 inch screen you're talking about is in the instrument cluster there's also um, with the uh, uh, new upgraded Sync 4A, uh, there's a 15 and a half inch uh, touchscreen, which is uh, probably one of the largest touchscreens you're going to find, oh, yeah, find anywhere right. in a truck. I mean, I don't. So, so there, there's two 12 inch touchscreens. I'm sorry, not to. I mean, this not touchscreens. There's two. The, you're right. There is a 12 inch digital uh, instrument cluster disc. They, they call it the digital productivity screen or something. And then there's the standard 12-inch. So now we're at the point in time where the the 12-inch infotainment system is the standard. Can you imagine? How yeah, long ago were yeah. we talking about the 6-inch the, the six, the six was the, the optional, and now the 12-inch is the standard. And you're right, the 15. It's in the Laria and, and, and Platinum series. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. 15.5-inch. Uh, portrait orientation <laughs> so uh yeah it's interesting um yeah it wasn't you're right it wasn't you know, long ago that we were Ooh, wow six inch touchscreen uh <laughs> so that's great yeah so uh, you know and and the thing is is that you know whether you're into the size matters or not kind of a thing about you know whatever it happens to be horsepower or or digital touchscreens is that uh it, there's a uh, there's a method to that madness of of making it, uh, you know, a, like a vertical type screen that's that large. Uh, there's, there's so much more available now through wireless services, including Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, uh, Amazon Alexa, um, and then you've got the Sync has their own app links uh, apps that are that are available. That uh, you know, it, it gets kind of cluttered on a on a six or even an eight inch touchscreen. So you can spread things out, make them a little bit larger on a bigger screen. They're easier to see. Uh, and that was some of the issues with the, the older touchscreens is that when you're in a moving vehicle, you know, kind of hard to get your index finger to zero in on something you're supposed to be, uh, you know, clicking. 
uh, you know, you'd end up putting your thumb and your baby finger somewhere on the outside of the screen and try to touch the screen with, with a finger so that, uh, you know, you, you actually select the right, right item as the car is moving. Um, so, you know, you can make things a little bit bigger, and that makes it not only just easier to see, but it's also easier to, to touch when, when you need to touch it. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm all in favor of it. You know, I think that that's a, that's a cool thing to, to be able to do that. Uh, and not, not to mention this is that the integration that you have, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, the integration with the vehicle by way of external apps that are, you know, that you're using with your phone. Uh, you know, to not only control certain aspects of locking and, you know, and starting the vehicle remotely, uh, but also to see what's happening with the vehicle uh, or to plan trips, to plan a, you know, a navigation route and have that all. You can do it in your house and then, you know, have it uh, appear on, uh, once, you get, once you get in the vehicle. Uh, so those, those are all very uh, contemporary features things that some of us have really gotten used to and, and other folks are just sort of catching up to it. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, you know, just maybe to kind of wrap things, some things up on this uh, is that uh, the name, too, the name does bring sort of a smile to the face and say, yeah, that's, that's kind of the right name, pulling the, the word lightning out of their, their repository of, of previous names. Uh, well, I, I like that much more than the Maki. See, like, you know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm still sort of leaning towards the, ah, it shouldn't be Mustang, but... You know, with the, when the Mustang Mach-E, it feels like Ford was sort of nervous about doing an electric SUV. And somebody at Ford said, well, we've got to get eyes on this. How are we going to get eyes on this? And then somebody at the table said, well, why don't we call it a Mustang and, you know, make it look like a Mustang and perform and stuff. Boy, did, boy, did they get eyes on it, you know? Yeah, with the Lightning, I mean, that's the name from the F-150's past. It's, they're not stealing it from anything, you know, so they're stealing it from themselves. So it's, it's a name with history. And I think some people were a little disappointed. They wanted sort of a hot rod truck again, you know, cause that's what the lightning was it used to be. It was the 5.4 V8 and uh, supercharged and, you know, made noise, but you know, this time around the, the name works really well. Again, unlike the, you know, say Maki, which I think I, to this day, I, I think that the Maki should have been called the fusion or uh, galaxy would have been a great name. I think we've had this discussion uh, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, if they had called it a Galaxy, then when they hit the eventual 500 mile range with technology, they could have had the Galaxy 500. <laughs> See? Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go write that let, that email to Ford uh, Marketing. <laughs> I you heard uh, it here first, but, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. So the uh, yeah. So. Uh, again, and I, and I do applaud the fact that it, it's funny because, you know, you read the critics and they're like, oh, it just looks like an F-150. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, I applaud the fact that, that Ford did it the way they did it. You know, that I like the I like what it is. I actually kind of want one. You know, I am an F-150 owner, although I have a 96. So it's not, you know, it's not it's, there's no 12 inch touchscreens on my F-150. Oh. Um, so, I mean, I could put one in, I suppose, but. The uh, and I might actually I might actually put an updated radio in it with Apple CarPlay because I'm you know as I use Android Auto and Apple CarPlay more it's just like I find myself using that more and more mm-hmm. and less of these the the uh, the embedded navigation mm-hmm. systems uh, you know even on the Kia I'm driving a Kia a Sorento right now it's got a great navigation system but I haven't used it I've been using the the Android Auto because that's where my stuff is and, and the but, familiarity uh, of of using those apps 
Yeah. That's a big part of it. You can plug it in and you're, it, everything is there. It's in the same place it was in in the you know in the when I drove the the Chevy Silverado. It, it, now I drive the Kia you know Sorento and it's the same setup. You don't have to change. You, know, you just plug your phone in. Yes, Android Auto. Yes, and and everything's in the right place. You know you don't have to you don't have to get into these systems. But uh, yeah, you're right. We should probably wrap it up. And you know I can't wait to drive this. I think that people are going to be, I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised when they when they drive these you know with the low down battery pack and um oh and we forgot to mention this is the first f-150 with independent rear suspension ah yep so so it's gonna ride with the low battery packs you know four-wheel independent suspension and ev torque i i think this is gonna shock a lot of people (laughs) get it shock a lot of people (laughs) uh i i think that's gonna surprise a lot of people um, when they drive for the first time, and that's why I'm really looking forward to getting some time behind the wheel. I, you know, we'll get into a presentation. Hopefully, we can at least get a ride in one soon. Well, I think Ford has done all the right things with this, and uh, they're also able to kind of tout that they're uh, making the facility that they've uh, sort of re- rehabbed uh, the historic Rouge complex that they have up there in Dearborn, uh, Michigan. Uh, you know, in order to make the truck, but it's going to be a zero waste to landfill site, and uh, and plus it's uh, obviously going to be adding extra jobs. Uh, so they've they've really gone about it, I think, in in a way that uh, will garner them a, lo- a lot of attention and uh, presumably plenty of success. Yeah. So I think we'll we'll wrap it up this week. We're gonna listen to a little audio from. Um, Ford's North American General Manager of Commercial Business, which is a nice long title. Uh, Ted Canis is his name, and he's going to talk a little bit about the F-150 and and sort of how that works into their the future of their their fleet. Because Ford's got a lot of fleet business, they need to make sure that you know if the, everybody's going EV, then that's got to go EV. Of of not only the F F-150 but also the Transit. Right. I, I am looking forward to driving that, too, you know. And matter of fact, they were testing it out in my neighborhood, and I didn't even know it. I was looking at the pictures, and the, they were literally 20 miles away from mm. me driving that van. But, um, all right, so we'll see you all next week on the EV Power Podcast. And don't forget, you can check out the F-150 release on rpmnewsweekly.com, as well as a few other stories about EVs and other vehicles. Uh, so, uh, Rich, I guess I'll see you next time. Until then. Hi. I'm Ted Canis, North American General Manager of Commercial Business at Ford. Today, I'm thrilled to share with you our plan to become the undisputed leader in solutions for commercial customers. Everything about the Ford F-150 Lightning was developed with these customers in mind. The Lightning has been my passion from its first moment of conception, and it is a total game changer for the industry. Commercial customers are different than retail. They range from small businesses to fleets as large as the eye can see, and they want more from a vehicle to help keep their businesses competitive. The right tool for their job, including upfit readiness, greater productivity, more uptime, localized sales, service, and financing, a total lower cost of ownership, 24-7 sales support in this transition from ICE to electric vehicles, and turnkey order to delivery right to their business doorstep. These customers are extremely pragmatic, and they aren't going to over-index on product features and benefits when it isn't necessary to get the job done. They are hyper-focused on improving efficiency, uptime, and their bottom line, 
Unlike retail, commercial customers focus on the cost and capability to complete the job, no more, no less. Prioritizing sustainability too, both from the products they buy and the companies they do business with. Cities, states, and countries across the globe are making it clear the time for electrification is now, and our forecasts show the numbers are significant. In the US alone, our internal forecasts show demand for all electric full-size van and trucks will exceed 1 million annual units sold by 2030. Commercial customers have a lot of change coming on the horizon. Promises of new electric trucks and vans are making headlines, but very few are specifically targeted at the vocational needs of business customers. And charging needs are complex. Public charging is more expensive and comes with employee pay dwell times. Commercial customers are looking for on-site charging or employee charging from home. And this requires a unique set of solutions. But it's not just charging. In almost every industry, from construction to telecom, we are watching commercial customers and businesses become digital natives, migrating to a more data-driven strategic management of their fleets to increase operational uptime and overall productivity. We plan to address these challenges head on and take a commanding lead in commercial electrification and integrated software platforms. Our strong customer base is foundational to our transition to electrification. Our fleets of all sizes are looking for trusted solutions to make the transition without any operating hiccups. But the desire to change is not enough. They need the right body style and upfit for their vocation across multiple class of one through seven vehicle lines, often all under one the same fleet. On average, Large commercial customers turnover is 10 to 15% of their fleet per year. So they will need to operate mixed fleets of gas and all electric vehicles for a long time. And they also want to maximize product commonality to minimize fleet complexity. We started the electric commercial revolution by announcing e-transit in November of last year with three roof heights, three wheelbase lengths, cargo, cutaway, and chassis cab variants that will be manufactured to support a variety of customer industries, not just last mile delivery. That momentum continued with the recent debut of our all-electric F-150 Lightning. And today, we extend that momentum. Meet the F-150 Lightning Pro, the first ever all-electric F-Series, purpose-built specifically for commercial customers. It's smart, connected, of course tough, capable, affordable, and backed with turnkey solutions for business operations and zero emissions. The best part, Ford has made the affordability of this truck and its charging solutions a complete game changer. We predict our commercial customer cost savings will begin from day one. In addition to scheduled maintenance savings, we expect residual values to be similar to the current F-Series, one of the top 10 across the industry, according to Kelly Blue Book. Our analysis of more than 145 million miles of commercial customer telematics data taught us, on average, 95% of the daily travel needs of F-150 customers in the US is less than 174 miles. As a result, F-150 Lightning Pro is offered with two range options, 
The Base Pro range option begins with a targeted EPA estimated 230 miles, starting at a price of 39,974 MSRP. Amazing. Customers can also choose an extended range battery targeting EPA estimated 300 miles at a starting price of 49,974 MSRP. Also amazing. For less than $40,000, we can get our customers into the smartest truck Ford has ever made. F-150 Lightning Series with the extended range battery is the first electric truck to feature dual onboard chargers. When the available 80 amp Ford Charge Station Pro is partnered with the extended range battery, our customers can conveniently and quickly charge the truck overnight from 15 to 100% in about eight hours. This technology offered by Ford enables customers to use AC energy to charge their vehicles rather than relying on costly or inconvenient DC fast charging, which can be harmful to battery performance if used too frequently. Ford makes charging electric vehicles for commercial customers easy with charging accessories and management tools for home, public, and depot. We'll expand on these shortly, but first, I'd like to talk about the incredible power and space made capable by F-150 Lightning Pro. This truck is a commercial customer's best friend on the job or in a crisis. Available enhanced Pro Power on board enables up to 9.6 kilowatts of exportable electricity. No bulky generator needed. Power a job site with a crew of four for three days or rip up to 25 miles of plywood on a single charge. Our customers also want space, space, space. F-150 Lightning Pro offers uncompromised five foot five inch bed space with familiar mounting points for upfits and accessories to make modifications seamless and more cost effective. The mega power frunk revolutionizes storage solutions with standard front storage of up to 400 pounds of payload, enough for eight bags of quickcrete. Easy belt line accessibility that includes a waterfall power open and close design, both lockable and watertight, leaving the bed space open for whatever upfit the job may need. Pro will also include a spacious four-door, five-passenger super crew cab with easy-to-clean vinyl seats built on the 145.5-inch wheelbase chassis which includes a full-size spare and adds a first-ever F-150 independent rear suspension that takes advantage of the elective drive layout for important ride and handling without sacrificing capability. The truck's inboard motor design means less unsprung mass, allowing not only better braking and handling, but also more durability that is purpose-built to help protect the motor inside the chassis to accommodate a variety of terrains higher speed capabilities, and repeated longer usages. Businesses can also leverage the connected capability F-150 Lightning to help make data-driven decisions about their fleet operations. The Pro comes standard with Copilot 360 driver assist technologies, and when activated, the standard 4G LTE modem unlocks a number of easy-to-use connectivity services to help fleets optimize efficiency. Please welcome Alex. Thank you, Ted. I'm Alex Purdy, and I'm the Director of Business Operations, Enterprise Connectivity, which includes Ford's commercial connected businesses. 
As we continue to build solutions for small, medium, and large commercial fleets, our goal is to provide fleet operators with vehicles and software tools that back up their businesses and keep them competitive now and into the future. The F-150 Lightning Pro is connected right out of the box with no additional hardware or installation costs required. When activated, the standard 4G LTE modem unlocks a number of connected services to help fleet operators optimize uptime, productivity, and driver well-being. Drivers will have access to hassle-free charging and other features that simplify the workday. And what's more, connectivity helps trucks get better over time. Wireless software updates are available on every F-150 Lightning Pro. A range of connected services are available through Ford Commercial Solutions, including complementary vehicle health monitoring and management through Ford Telematics Essentials, deep data insights with uptime costs and driver management tools through our flagship Ford Telematics product, and EV energy charging and vehicle management through Ford e-Telematics. For operators with in-house telematics solutions, our Ford Data Services API can provide manufacturer-grade data directly to enterprises or third-party providers without the need for an aftermarket plug-in device. Let's start with Ford Telematics Essentials, a complementary vehicle health and uptime tool for any connected Ford commercial vehicle with a standard modem. Telematics Essentials provides key information such as vehicle utilization, actual odometer readings, warning lights, and diagnostic trouble codes, and is designed to help fleet operators, regardless of size, track the performance and health of individual vehicles. And more features will be coming soon, such as in-app dealer service scheduling and the ability for managers to remotely unlock and lock their vehicles. That means no more downtime due to locking the keys in the truck. Ford Telematics are flagship fleet management product provides deep insights and real-time situational awareness through an easy-to-use web interface. Ford Telematics is compatible with all vehicle makes, not just Ford vehicles, and is designed as a total telematics solution. Building on all of the features of our Essentials product, Ford Telematics provides access and benefits such as live map GPS tracking with geofencing, trip histories with driver events, energy usage and waste, driver behavior and driver scorecard, and fleet management alerts. Now let's take a look at our EV services provided by Ford eTelematics, available on F-150 Lightning, as well as eTransit. Ford eTelematics can monitor the performance of an individual vehicle, such as a state of charge, kilowatt hours consumption, and charging speed. Plus, fleet operators can easily manage their home and public charging for their drivers who depend on these vehicles to get the job done. Available through an easy-to-use app and web-based interfaces, energy monitoring and vehicle management tools are designed to help keep fleets running at maximum availability and at a lower total cost of operation. F-150 Lightning Pro operators will have access to real-time vehicle insights like battery range to empty, key operating trends and current vehicle charge, health state and location, remote cabin preconditioning so operators and drivers can warm or cool their cabin while the vehicle is plugged in in order to optimize vehicle charging, alerts that can notify managers if a vehicle isn't plugged in when it should be, or if there's a low battery event while a truck is on the road. 
and charging tools to let them manage and pay for all public charging events. For home charging, reporting is designed to support fraud-proof employee reimbursement. And here's what fleet drivers will experience behind the wheel of a connected F-150 Lightning Pro. Sync 4 is standard and at the center of the connected driving experience, providing easy access to key Ford services. Drivers can map out their routes ahead of time, determine when and where to recharge as necessary, while Intelligent Range uses geography, weather, and payload to more accurately calculate that range. Sync 4 helps drivers manage range and automatically recommends available nearby charging locations in America's largest public charging network should a truck need to run beyond its initial charge. Charging sessions within the Ford Charge Network can be seamlessly activated by drivers with an easy-to-use app. Payment and invoicing is managed through Ford eTelematics centrally by the fleet manager with a single account. For drivers who take their vehicle home at night, they can plug into a standard outlet, or customers can choose to upgrade for faster charging. And as I mentioned, eTelematics provides charging reports to support reimbursement for individual drivers who charge at home. With access to all of these tools, regardless of fleet size, Ford Commercial Solutions allows fleet owners and operators to better understand how they're operating in real time and make data-driven decisions about their fleet operations to help drive productivity and uptime. And now back to you, Ted. Thanks, Alex. Ford owns work and we know our truck customers. They want a truck they can bet the farm on and back their businesses with. F-150 Lightning is a serious truck for serious truck owners, built on decades of built Ford tough knowledge and experience. This truck is tailor-made for our commercial customers. Only Ford has the pricing, body styles, upfit readiness, and shared internal combustion and battery electric vehicle parts that make the transition to battery electrics easy with an incredible warranty to cover service needs. And we're the only ones targeting an entire customer base of large, medium, and small companies from day one, providing the broadest lineup of electric vehicle choices of configurations, range, and pricing options for commercial use. We provide these customers with over 600 commercial vehicle center dealers nationwide with local expertise to provide sales, service, financing, and end-to-end -end solutions ready available for small, medium, and large customers. You try matching that with cold calls from an untested manufacturer with new technology, new products, and new infrastructure. This will be a viable, profitable business proposition for Ford, and we are working to make that true for the vast majority of our business customers. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us on the EV Power Podcast. If you'd like to hear more automotive news that goes behind the headlines, check out our other podcast, RPM News Weekly, or visit us at rpmnewsweekly.com.